Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with your host, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Parthenia is a psychologist and certified natural health care practitioner who will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Call with your questions or comments at 610-664-4100. Now here's the host of Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Good morning to those of you listening to our live broadcast or Internet simulcast today, August 4, 2007. And hello to those of you listening to an Internet rebroadcast tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Time or maybe Wednesday or Thursday of the next week. A link for that is on my site. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izard. Today's program is going to be pre-recorded, so no call-ins today. On this program, we discuss alternative medicine therapies, related products and issues, and we do it with the experts. Only try the therapies shared here after consulting with your physician. Last Saturday, our guest was David Spiro, author of Diabetes, Sugar-Coated Crisis, Who Gets It, Who Profits, and How to Stop It. At that show's end, we discussed the herb ginger and the asana parsva sirsasana. If you missed that show, you can go to my website at www.amtherapies.com, click on the radio show link, scroll down to the show you want, and click the button under it to listen to the show. For appointments, call 610-687-6184. My guest today is the beautiful, compassionate author, activist, and actor, Ruby Dee. At the end of the program, we will briefly discuss the herb ginkgo and the asana ekapada sirsasana. Now it's time for our wellness news. Exercise Away Diabetes, published March 24, 2007. Fitness for the rest of us. Diabetes is not caused by eating too much sugar. In fact, it is your body's inability to utilize insulin, a hormone produced by your liver. The cells in your body literally reject the insulin that your cells need to produce energy. It's like all of the carbo jets in the world have taken off, but two-thirds of the world's airports are closed, leaving a sky full of jets with nowhere to land. Without the receptors, airports, your insulin has nowhere to go. How can you get these receptors to function again? By combining under-eating and muscle fatigue. Research has suggested that these receptors can repair themselves and come back into action at a moment's notice. To understand how this works, pick up a dumbbell and pump it up and down for from 10 to 20 times. The biceps muscle in your arm will eventually get so tired that you could not lift the dumbbell one more time. The biceps muscle has fatigued. Now the insulin receptors in that muscle and only in that muscle will spring back to life and open up. This is why exercise, especially resistance training, which involves exercise that totally fatigues as many muscles in the body on a regular basis, is most beneficial for type 2 diabetics. An article in Sports Medicine, Volume 27, Number 5, uh, pages 381 to 391, reviewed exercises for diabetes and compared resistance exercise with standard diet and exercise. The authors found that the weightlifting group had superior control. Diabetes gets more prominent with age, partly because of the inactivity and loss of muscle that comes from inactivity. Resistance training, however, restores the muscle and the insulin receptors and improves diabetic control. Performing exercises one after another and repeating the cycle is called a circuit of exercise or circuit training. 
In the sports medicine article, the researchers recommended exercise programs that have both circuit resistance and some aerobic activity in order to burn calories and to exercise the heart. Quote, I have been instructing my diabetic patients about this for years in the gym I have developed in my clinic, end quote, says Ms. Lauder. Women do not build ugly muscles because they do not have the proper hormones to do so, she says. With 30% of the population diabetic and pre-diabetic, resistance or weightlifting should be taught in physical education classes to children, a majority of whom are predicted to be diabetics one day. That story was by Valerie Slaughter for Waterside Syndication. Okay. As I said earlier, uh, I have a very special guest today. Uh, I'm honored to have another of those very special guests who has a warm, cuddly, personal place in my heart, Ruby D. Uh, she certainly needs no introduction because of her, uh, because her acting career alone has crossed all major forms of media over a span of many, many years. Uh, for example, A Raisin in the Sun. Uh, this is for those of you who are so young, maybe you weren't around when these were uh, on or alive and known about. Uh, the Raisin in, A Raisin in the Sun, Edge of the City, um, The Incident, she was nominated for eight Emmy Awards, winning twice for roles in Decoration Day and China Beach, even a Grammy for uh, Best Spoken Word Album, uh, which she shared with Aussie and uh, was shared with uh, former President Jimmy Carter because they actually tied for that. Activist memberships include Congress of Racial Equality, uh, the NAACP Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, uh, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, personal friends of both Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X. It takes so much, so much. I I could spend probably all of the first part of the interview talking about all of her accomplishments, but I'm going to trust that you know about most of them and go on and start our chat. Good morning. Good morning. And how are you? Oh, I'm just fine, just fine. I'm so glad you were able to do this with your busy, busy schedule. Yes, yeah, so I'm happy to be able to get get, you know, get back here, uh, but because uh, I I know how important these kind of programs are to the people who listen to them, you know, yeah. and um, so I I don't know where to begin. Well, uh, I, I would like for you to give us a little information about where you're from. Where did yeah. all of this start for you? Well, well, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio, but I never I lived there. Um, I, I left when I was about oh nine months old. <laughs> my, my, um, but there was some marital shifting of emphasis between my mother and father, who were teenage um, parents, wow. uh, and my grandmother on my, on my father's side had to straighten it all out eventually. And one of the things she did was to. In those days, you know, when you if you got a girl pregnant, you you married her. Right. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, it, within the family, uh, my father married uh, another woman, uh, my stepmother Emma from South Carolina, and somehow I don't know what the lineage is, but I feel that she was also in some way related to us because her maiden name was is 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 on uh, prominent uh-huh. on both sides of the. Of the family, so they so they married and um, and uh, she had been a teacher, and so she sort of became the mother of 
of children as four children and of my and of my father as well because she, she was um he was my father was 13 years her her junior so it it was a it was a an unorthodox kind of relationship from the very beginning but now you ended up in New York state am i yes, right yes yes in in harlem so i grew up in harlem what a wonderful time to grow up in that era. Yes, when I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have changed it for anything in the world. It was an, it, it's, um, well, well, I didn't have anything to compare it with, of course. Mm-hmm. But as I grew and began to um, make observations and judgments and uh, and study and meet people, I realized um, uh, how much I love the place. Well, now when you think back. What major differences? Now, this is a pretty weighty question. What major difference, differences do you see between the way the world was then for you and the way the world is now? Well, I'm I'm trying to think. Each when I was young, there were the challenges, say, to the whole country of a of a of a massive depression, mm-hmm. a, a shift of emphasis um, uh, in 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 um, terms of. Uh, uh, now shift emphasis the, the poverty was 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 an uh, ogre was the uh, was a dark cloud on the horizon in people's lives mm-hmm. just where to get the money to eat and how to pay rent and where to live and bread lines and and um all all kinds of lines and uh, uh, for, for for food and clothing and medicine and uh, employment and and heat yeah, all the major, so, so, yeah, all the major things. The government struggling, uh, um, and then came the Roosevelt days when there seemed to be this this heroic effort to pull the country up to save it in some way. And a man who, by Roosevelt, who took the economic system uh, that they, they called him those who didn't approve of him. You know, there's, the the um, Called him that crooked, that uh, cripple in in the White House. Mm-hmm. Well, really, he was a he was a Democrat, but he was the one person who saved uh, who saved a wing of government. He, he saved capitalism as an economic um, uh, as an economic philosophy for the country. Uh, so where he, do you see the focus because then? he because he um, he 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 and I must say with his wife Eleanor. Together they came up with plans to put people back to work, to to put the country on its feet, to to and also at that time to pay attention to poor people. We poor people were not allowed. allowed it, there was some emphasis they weren't going to just drift along on the on the and 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 starve. There were there were bread lines. There were people put out in the street. I I witnessed all that looking out from the. Um, my my window from our good addresses. My mother called it where she had bought an apartment and where we all moved on 137th Street and 7th Avenue. Well, so, and I see I saw the parades and the and the police and the and the gangsters. And so as a child, from I remember as early as like six years old, uh, these impressions. And and so and today the emphasis is on. People who I would call struggling with with wealth. Well, now can you hold that thought for a second so we can go to break and get back and not have to interrupt you as you bring us up to date? 
Thank you. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. The program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Ballot, Pennsylvania. Visit my website, www.amtherapies.com, or call 610-687-6184. You can hear us on the Internet. Um, We'll be back uh, with Ruby D., actor, writer, activist, a woman exemplifying love and compassion. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies at 610-660-7710 for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative medicine therapies like iridology, kinesiology, reflexology, energy medicine, which includes chi light therapy, acupressure, and psychological consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when alternative medicine therapies with psychologist Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation at 610-660-7710 and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard's radio program each Saturday morning at 9 on AM860 WWDB. Don't passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, cold, flu, and other ailments. Listen to me, Parthenia Izzard, at my new time, Saturday mornings at 9 for Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with a holistic approach. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, Parthenia Izzard, at my new time, Saturday mornings at 9. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Try my online psychosocial coaching, and remember you can now listen to the show on the Internet. The link's on my site. And, oh yes, if you love to swim, Nemecolon Spa has a breathtaking pool. Why not take a dip? Today, we are talking with Ruby D. She's been so much to so many. Uh, Ruby, you were bringing us up to date. You were sort of telling us what the focus now is in the world. Well, as best, I'm, I'm, as you know, I'm not a, a, a politician or a historian or any of those things. Yeah. It's from this limited f- uh, perspective. Oh, my. Uh, uh, you know, as, as uh, I'm, I'm not an authority, is what I'm saying. But, but the, my impression uh, of the time, and uh, as I grew up, and as I just told you, after after uh, Franklin Roosevelt and the um, and Eleanor Roosevelt, that, that era, when... Uh, uh, they, 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 we, the capitalist economic system was saved uh, from uh, from annihilation in a sense uh, because Roosevelt, uh, that era, those Democrats put the nation back to work. Uh, no matter uh, what what uh, was said, we what was saved as an economic um, consideration uh, as a nation. To go on to be to flourish and um, and become one of the most wealthy countries in the world. It was um, 
it was a strange time but but and today we that we have we are now in the in the um in in rolling in that kind of in the in the redemption that was the depression mm-hmm. uh, uh we are redeemed to a point where we the, the problem is what, what, how do you manage the wealth fairly how do we share it and how do we uh, make it improve our quality of life not only in terms of possessions and that kind of thing but how do we uh, make it uh, count in spiritual and um and mental and and ethical uh, ways how do we it's changed the, the, our, our wealth in the world has made us a different guess even as a, a different personality as a nation i think you're absolutely right and I... and, and so and we and so we we we're, we're trying hard now to um uh to to find ways that the redemption from the the poverty that was the depression does not turn into uh you know a, a, a curse that is having too much that we have not determined yet how to handle how to manage what to do with how to be a nation how to be this divine beautiful creatures these that we were meant we put on earth to be how does the material character relate to uh, our spiritual and and mental health in the world how do we how does it lead us toward a healthier frame of mind how does it lead us toward one of the you know the doctrine love ye one another you know yeah. it didn't say france or england or africa or, or japan or, how do we how do we get along on this little tall marble we call the earth uh, how do we not destroy uh, the house we live in uh, how, how do we save our house and save the people in it and seek to realize uh, our divine selves, you know? Well, now, of all the many people that you've met in this long and beautiful life that you've had, who left the greatest impression or who was the most inspirational? I know that's. I mean, it must be a hard choice. <laughs> well, no, no, because I, I lived in a family that was uh, was a dynamic, and um, uh, I, I think about my, my my stepmother who was, uh, and my 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 birth mother too. I I credit all those contributions, those corners of family uh, that we, where we interrelated, my sisters and brothers and cousins, and that that we were. Uh, uh, on, for the most part, a caring family, and we were ambitious for each other, and um, so, and guided by my, by my my um, my mother, my stepmother, we sought to realize uh, the promise uh, of ourselves, and to take advantage of of education and and so many things that she that she did in in. In terms of helping the education look at itself and improve itself in a place called Harlem, where there was discrimination, where there was segregation, in a sense, you know, it was a it was a black. Uh, although I didn't think of Harlem as that way, I absolutely thought of it as a stunning place to be, exciting, nerve wracking. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, 
on a, a pilgrimage, on a journey to to myself and to the world. And uh, so, yeah, so I would think it was those. It was those people in the schools, in the public school system, uh, those teachers, uh, black and white. Those were it was integrated, not not nearly fully enough, but there were caring teachers who saw that in junior high school, I got into Hunter High School because that would lead to Hunter College, where I could go to college uh, without having paying, paying tuition if I uh, qualified as as academically. So that that was an an enormous um, uh, undertaking, and, and my friend's mother, Mrs. Henderson, uh, was the one who initiated um, the drive for the city to uh, not deny the opportunity to take the test to go to Hunter High School or Hunter College. She made the system open up to the to the black students in the in the community and the Hispanic students. Uh, uh, that, that were in Harlem, so they could take the tests. Mm-hmm. And finally, we were we were allowed to. And uh, so I went to Hunter High School, and from the, from Hunter High School uh, into Hunter College. Not automatically; it was a hard job. But they, but they, the, the teachers came together. I've never seen such a thing. They came together, and after school, and any times that they, they could, they could uh, put together. We were we were encouraged to come and study old tests that, that were were taken uh, that you had to take to get into the the city uh, to get into Hunter College, which was mm-hmm. without tuition. And this, this, that that beautiful struggle to get these um, girls uh, into Hunter, because I went to an all girls Hunter High School and college to get them in those school, get them into Hunter. And so the first year that we were allowed to take the test, we had the highest score in the city, I understand. Oh, my. Uh, and then I saw such a rejoicing among the teachers, uh, <laughs> the black teachers and the white teachers. All of them met. They, they ran out in the hall like girls, you know, comparing and talking. They were so excited for all of, all of, all of us black girls uh, that... Um, had had no idea that we were going to have the opportunity to go to college until uh, this thrust that my friend's mother, Mrs. Henderson, made possible. So, when you when I talk about the who influence, how I and and I think of the Elks Oratorical Contest. I think of um, the, the community organizations, the the YWCA, the Urban League, the NAACP. These were important organs. In a place like Harlem, mm. uh, the, the, the programs for for us as teenagers, uh, the Elks Oratorical Contest, you know, those kinds mm. of things. It was a a place of activity and concern. Uh, I, I can't I can't speak enough about it. And of course, there were things that were heartbreaking in terms of the of the news. And uh, I remember my first. Uh, Coming to grips with racism and lynching and 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 uh, police brutality and going to jail and and people getting their furniture put up, out on the street their, their their apartments you know dumped on put just been put out they call it mm-hmm. and uh, I remember one occasion when I'm and, and seeing people the, the 
rain coming down on the furniture that had been set out in the street. And one man came home from someplace and saw his things in the street. And he went up, I understand that he went up, he walked into the next block and he shot himself. You know, was that, so, so it was that kind of thing. In my, in my reading about lynching and seeing a picture of a baby being, um, a woman being strung up and a knife had cut the baby, uh, cut her stomach open, the baby was hanging out on the ground and, and big boots coming to stomp this fetus. And I'm looking at the paper. It's a, it was a pink paper like the Amsterdam News might have been or the Pittsburgh Courier, one of those papers. I'm about seven, six or seven years old, I guess. And I remember not being able to put the paper down, just sitting there and staring at it. So my mother came along and she said to me, all right, now, Ruby, that'll do with that. And she took the paper away from me. Well, now, speaking of things like that, what are the kinds of things that enables people to navigate through the negative or the hard times or personal tragedies as well as the positive uh, well, you know, it's the family, the family. That I, I say, uh, uh, I, I, I can't, and also those agencies uh, within the community that the family works to make possible, oh, and also the alphabet days, when when uh, the Rosa days came along, uh, artists were put to work, actors and musicians and painters and and uh, many um, many people that we hear of now. Uh, in the country, had us like Orson Welles, and, and so many people came from that um, uh, time. The Lafayette players. So the depression spawned activity and and struggle to to move out from despair and um, into uh, uh, the, the realization that life had to be better and and hope that it and 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 the open the window on the possibilities of ways to make it better. So, so, um, so you see that, that arts is a really critical, uh, a really critical piece. In oh, all. yes. And under that program, I, I studied uh, radio yes. under okay. Arthur Hanna, who was the director of uh, um, Nora, as uh, uh, Nora Drake, I remember, and so many things. And they, uh, uh, I didn't. The, the Lafayette players preceded me somewhat, but I knew about them. And these people on the direction of Orson Welles and um, and some people like from Howard University and some of the black universities who were in charge of some of the these government programs. Uh, you know, uh, that in, in the arts that. Uh, Oh, you mean like the different community theaters and the community theaters? Mm-hmm. Well, you have certainly helped uh, uh, your own collection of community theaters. I, I know when you had uh, one of your uh, anniversary galas, you donated. You and Ossie donated money to, I believe, eight. Was it eight community arts organizations? Uh, and, and I think it was. Or ten. Twelve theaters. Wasn't it? Twelve. Twelve theaters. Yeah. Uh, that we can. That we. We collected what I thought was so marvelous, the people of the community, you know, the, who so many people couldn't begin to name, those in who established musicians like, oh, like, 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 like Mary Gordy, like, uh, oh, just, I, I can't even begin to name the people that we had no idea that even knew about us, mm-hmm. uh, let alone, and, 
and the, the, the contributions came from so many people like that, like uh, actors and musicians, and white and black, and 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 we and and Asian and and Hispanic, and well, you know, it, it had there was also place. the beneficiaries. Those and our our distribution was um was to all of those groups too. Mm-hmm. Yes, and of course it had a special place in my mind and heart because I've got to say my mother's organization, uh, the Mount Vernon Fine Arts Cultural Center, yes. was lucky enough to be one of the recipients of that um, of those funds, yes. and uh, it helped her immensely. I'm going to ask you later what kind of suggestion you might have for somebody who's, who wants to actually start a community theater, but uh, right now we have to go to break, unfortunately. Oh, goodness. Okay. You're oh, that's listening. good to have to go to break. That means somebody's supporting you. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. The program is sponsored by Alternative Medicine Therapies in Ballackinwood, Pennsylvania. Visit the website at www.amtherapies.com. To hear uh, live on the Internet, click the link on the site. And uh, continuing the report on Nemecolin, did you know they have paintball fun? We'll be back with Ruby D, actor, writer, activist, a woman exemplifying love and compassion. Don't passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, cold, flu, and other ailments. Listen to me, Parthenia Izzard, at Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. I am a local natural health care practitioner and psychologist. I will show you alternative paths toward health with an holistic approach. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, Parthenia Izzard. Why should you passively exist with backaches, allergies, PMS, colds, flu, and other ailments? It's time to take charge of your life with preventive measures. Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies for an initial consultation. Alternative Medicine Therapies offers a holistic approach to preventive care, unlike conventional medicine that tries to correct the illness that exists instead of preventing it altogether. Don't let anyone tell you that your situation is hopeless. Alternative Medicine Therapies like Iridology, Kinesiology, Reflexology, Energy Medicine, which includes Chi Life Therapy, Acupressure, and Psychological Consultations has an amazing track record of positive results. Why suffer when Alternative Medicine Therapies with psychologist Parthenia Izzard is here to help? Contact Alternative Medicine Therapies today for an initial consultation and visit their website at www.amtherapies.com. Don't miss Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom, psychologist Parthenia Izzard's radio program. You are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. I'm now offering online psychosocial coaching. Our guest next week, August 11, 2007, will be Dominique Chapman, author of Getting Your M&Ms, The Men and Money Book. Uh, you know, Nema Colon's art collection includes four Audubon books for guest perusal. What a treat. Now we are talking with Ruby D, actor, writer, a woman exemplifying love and compassion. Yes, uh, Ruby, mm-hmm. what suggestions for someone interested in starting their own community theater in this day and age might you have? And then, and, well, uh, starting a community theater, <laughs> well, the, the thing that uh, that I really know about is sometimes you get an idea and um, it, it consumes 
you're waking and sleeping time, you know, you, you fall in love with an author or a book. That's what's happened to me. That's a, this is what I'll describe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this, you, you, you want everybody to know about this this writer. I, I happen to have, I used to fall in love with writers. I'd read a book and then I couldn't, I just think about the writer and, and the story and the, <laughs> and so forth. And that's, um, and uh, indeed, I, I began to, um, do my one a one person show doing excerpts from the novels that I admired like from uh, uh, John O'Killens from uh, Zora Neale Hurston from Alice Childress from you know all the people I knew who were writers and uh, we um, so that that intrigued me as something I just began to do and in, in school I did that as well when I had if there was if there was a subject to discuss. I always I'd like to find something relevant from some of the novelists or the or the philosophers or the uh, or, or playwrights, you know, that I could bring to bear on the subject, especially if I've been asked to do something. And uh, so I, I just began to fall in love with writers, and uh, and that led to um, my discovery through a friend of mine of the. Of a, of a theater group where there were like-minded people who fell in, who were working with writers and, and wanting to put on plays. Mm-hmm. So, so my love of writers and writing and, and what I knew, and also stimulated by the fact that my mother had wanted to be an elocutionist, that she had read us poetry practically all our lives and, oh, wow. and taught us to recite it and you know you couldn't if company came to the house uh, one of the parts of the evening you knew that the grown-ups were going to ask us to do something and so we would recite a poem or, or my, we play the piano because everybody took piano lessons in those days that was part of the the um the, the program of the of the uh of the um the Roosevelt days i call it those the alphabet you know the w e a the the work work progress uh occupations mm-hmm. and so we 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 all we took piano lessons and dancing lessons and also uh, i painted and i uh studied with a with a painter who was also part of the program so so this was that was a very rich time this this effort to put the country back on its feet and put the people back to work. Well, now, you're talking about all this multitasking, even at a young young age. That seems to have continued throughout your life. How how did you find the way to balance everything, being a wife, mother, actor, writer, grandmother, activist, friend? (laughs) Well, they didn't all come together at the same time. (laughs) And when you're beginning, beginning these kinds of things, one thing, uh, you have a supportive family. My mother and father, for example, were, were proud of the fact that I had joined the American Negro Theater at the in the basement of the library on 135th Street in Harlem, where I met people who had been working in, in theater who were actors that I'd never met before, Clarice Taylor and, and, and Alice Childress and 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 I also met Sydney and Harry, Isabella Fonda, you know, and Poitier and uh, Clyde Sloan, Claude, Claude Sloan, and oh, many, so so many, many, um, many people that you heard, heard about today, Clarice Taylor, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So we we found ourselves 
under this one roof because uh, under these because Fred O'Neill and um, and uh, Abe Hill had known each other from college and had come to and had determined to start a theater and uh, so I, I don't know. Exact. I know we started with it. The, the group was formed. We had a treasury of six cents. I think Clarice <laughs> Lee Taylor was the only one that I remember of the actors of the young who had a job. She worked in the post office. <laughs> but I, I think Fred and and other uh, some of us had a, had jobs too. But most of what they uh, it, 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 it was through their efforts. We learned how to sell tickets door to door and in the street and give out flyers. And put on plays, and we did original. We did original material. Our first play was written by Abram Hill. Then we we did a, a, another one by Alice Childress and and Ted Ward and and um, and also some white writers too. Uh, I'm trying to think of um, and and we had um, technicians who came to work with us, like Doris. Uh, uh, she was a speech speech teacher, and we. We studied speech, and from from people outside of the community, some of them would hear about us and join us. And uh, so we, we we started a school, uh, and, and then with fencing and writing, and and we had move, movement and playwright. I said I said playwriting, and uh, and we had uh, people in the. And I wish I could remember all these people's names. Work with us as. Um, stage managers and scenic designers and black and white people seem to gravitate to us to to help put the pieces together around each production. So it seems like it was so that's what, how we got together. There was somebody with an idea, Fred and and Abram Hill, Fred O'Neill. He was an analog caster. He was he got to be the president of Actors Equity. He and anyway we were and he was in our first play on Strivers Row. And then we graduated to a production called Anna Lucasta, which was uh, a Polish play that the two of them had ad- adapted uh, for to call Anna Lucasta. Uh, and it became an, an enormous success and uh, it received a lot of attention. And it was uh, and excited the some Broadway producers uh, who brought us to, to Broadway. Uh, and which was unprecedented, and we would it was um, like wildfire. The, the the name of the group and what we were doing spread across the nation, and we uh, attracted or began attracting all kinds of people. Uh, and and we became we no longer were just an all black organization. Well, we some of our teachers had already was we were we were. Uh, multi-ethnic in, in other respects, but the, the the talent that we worked with as performers, we were mostly black from Harlem. But we we became, I think, uh, Allison. Trying to think of all some of the names keep popping up. I need to have a book, <laughs> but I, but it is in my book. Uh, a lot of the names are, are yeah. in uh, in my book called. Uh, with us and Ruby in this life together, Mostly. which we won a, a Grammy, by the way. Yeah. This that this year. Now, how? Before, uh, uh, it was in um, 
audio. Yes, I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. That was quite quite something. And and staying with that, uh, you uh, being an actress, being in that field, a field that seems to almost demand uh, a woman loses her dignity. You have managed to maintain yours so beautifully. What what was the what was the key? How did how were you able to do that? I don't know that I really uh, that, that that description maintain my dignity. I mean, well, I really uh, if I think that we all human beings, if when we when we uh, honestly, as young people, we're capable of pursuing a dream. Uh, the, the, the dignity and all of that takes care of itself. We mm. uh, the, the pursuit of an idea that emanates from some place deep within you uh, takes care of um, a, a certain uh, a certain level of honesty with yourself and with the world when you when you're pursuing something that excites you and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, 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 if I if I escaped any of a lack of dignity or something. It was it was because in the, if in the living I experienced something uh, that, that taught me something. I'm uh, I'm sure um, I, I was not judgmental. I didn't have an, uh, I, I escaped because of the people that I respected or who were looking out after me. Mm-hmm. You know, you, or the things I learned along the way to to, to save myself, and um, and also the, the theater. We got to be. A, a, we got to be quite an item in, in the world of entertainment across the country. We were written up in Ebony Magazine, and we, it, we became, and many of us became well-known because of our connection with the American Negro Theater. So it was, we had a certain, it obli- wasn't an obligation, we just, we just wanted to, uh, we were part, we emanated from a, a place that we respected. And, uh, and that, that that we were eager to be an important part of, so that took care of the dignity and the and the you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. If, if uh, because dignity is not like an objective thing that you have, or you know, it it, it emanates from so exactly. many other. It, it, it's it's a, I, I think of it as, as a result uh, mm-hmm. attribute. If you're lucky, you're around people. Uh, where you where the value system uh, counts, and where you're guided and steered in terms of your ambitions and what those things you put here on this earth to do, and you find out what they are, and you're lucky enough for somebody to help you along the along the way, so that you don't you're not distracted by things that are the detrimental to your health, your personality, your 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 thrust and uh, enthusiasm for life, you know, mm-hmm. so so that we um, we move with each other, and that sense of value, I think, uh, is a, is a, is a by, byproduct of that what I call assisted living. <laughs> All the people who love you, who care about you, who look, watch you, and uh, who pray for you, <laughs> and. Um, and who set examples for you? Because God knows there were so many of those such such, such people, and even those who uh, that you can watch suffer, that you suffer, see suffer and and, and die, uh, they they give you something that um, that as a human being you build yourself on. 
and um, fortify your 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 your, your assets uh, just by all these shoulders that we touch and hands and hearts and minds that we affect. You know, well, they 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 to me I think is um, and and you 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 become too tied up and um, with, with you, you get too much of an allegiance to you're lucky when you can find groups and family and people who demand things of you and who, who mm-hmm. admire you who, who trust you who, who, have, who show you who teach you who you know what I mean who and it, it also it, it it defines responsibility and, and, and trust, and it defines, uh, it helps you to see lights on, a, on what might be your pathway, you know. Well, you know, I this is the worst part of the time of the show for me because it has to come to a close. Oh, my. And I'm nowhere near finished talking with you, but um, I think we'll have to let that be our your final words of wisdom for everyone. And I just want to thank you for being so gracious this morning. Oh, th- thank you. And thank you for inviting me uh, to be part of this program. Because sometimes I, I, learn a lot, I learn a lot just trying to look back and and uh, define what, what happens in the life, you know. Well, thank you so much, and give my love to the family. Thank and, you. And uh, enjoy the rest of your morning. Thank you, my dear. Love you. Right now. Love you. Bye. Okay, folks. Um, I hope you don't mind missing your herb of the day and uh, your asana, uh, because I, when I have someone as special as that on, I don't want to cut them off or make their time uh, shorter. But uh, you've been listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom with me, psychologist Parthenia Izzard. Our guest next weekend, August 11, 2007, will be Monique Chapman, author of Getting Your M&M's, The Men and Money Book. At the end of the show, we will highlight the herb Jensen and the Asana Ekapada Sirsasana. Um, now I'm going to look at my engineer to see how much time I have. Oh, my, okay. You know, it's when I rush that I find I have more time than I thought I had. So it looks like I will get the herb of the day and the Asana. Uh, the herb of the day for today uh, is ginkgo. The part used medicinally are the leaves and seed, and of course that's um, for the yoga asana, but um, we'll go on anyway. Uh, some of the phytochemicals for the herb are beta-carotene, there we go, myristic acid, uh, quercetin. Some of the nutrients are amino acids, calcium, iron, magnesium, manganese, phosphorus, potassium, zinc, vitamins A, B1, B2, B3, B5, and C. Um, It improves brain functioning by increasing cerebral and peripheral circulation and tissue oxygenation. Of course, this is according to Balk and Balk. has antioxidant properties and may slow the progression of Alzheimer's disease. Uh, You can take at least two weeks to see results. And now for our asana. The yoga for today is uh, one of the Sears Asana cycle items. It is uh, Parvita Eka Pada Sirsasana. Sirsasana variations develop strength 
in the arms, as well as balance and a sense of line. Uh, be a, a, in Sirsasana, stretch the hips up, take the left leg forward and the right leg back, keep the knees straight, exhale and turn to the right, keep the head and neck facing forward and the shoulders lifted, keep the pubis pointed up, make the heels strong and stretch, uh, stay for from 20, 15 to 20 seconds, breathe evenly, exhale, turn to the front, join the legs, repeat on the other side, and continue or continue the cycle. Uh, if not, exhale and come down. Uh, as I was saying, um, you're, you can listen to the program live on your computer. Uh, if you're interested in interning on the program, email your resume and or recordings to consult at amtherapies.com or to my office. Uh, Alternative Medicine Therapies offers the public iridology and kinesiology assessments, consultations in nutrition, meditation, acupressure, psychosocial consultations, incorporating Bach floor lessons remedies, and remote and video conferencing. Uh, we have online coaching now, and you can visit our website at www.amtherapies.com. I welcome your participation in my blog, subscription to the newsletter, downloading radio programs, see who our future guests will be, and what my practice offers. Some of what uh, I offer is uh, a personalized, non-invasive approach, uh, which incorporates uh, the following naturopathic therapies. Iridology, as I said, kinesiology, nutrition, meditation, acupressure, energy medicine. And what might happen on your first visit to the office would be uh, an iridology assessment where I look at the iris of your eye and based on various markings in the different zones of the iris, I can make determinations about strengths and weaknesses in your body. And then utilizing kinesiology, which is muscle testing, also compare the results there with the iridology piece to find out about more strengths and weaknesses as I test all of the different acupressure points related to disease-causing agents, uh, vitamins, minerals, uh, all kinds of points uh, get uh, tested or assessed at that time. Uh, the initial visit is about two to two and a half hours long. Uh, for those of you who may not know what some of the other therapies are, uh, energy medicine is the utilization of radionics or frequency light and or sound uh, to enhance or balance life energy or life force. Uh, reflexology incorporates the use of uh, acupressure points on the foot and a massage technique to assess health and areas needing strengthening. And meditation is, of course, the process by which one grounds and centers oneself for self-awareness and stress relief. Uh, again, um, if you are interested in advertising on the radio, which would be a wonderful thing for you to do, you can certainly contact the office to find out how you can go about doing that. Um, again, you are listening to Wellness, Wholeness, and Wisdom. Be well. <laughs> 